Revelation chapter 5, from where I left off before we began to worship, you see this, and it says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the scroll, on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back and sealed with seven seals. And then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loosen its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into the earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat at the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us by redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and having made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them saying, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. What a picture. What a sight. I mean, I mean can, you even, can you even imagine what that looked like? I mean, just stop and ponder for a second. All of that picture, John is trying to write words down to describe what he just saw. I mean, that, that to me is just amazing. I'm no artist by any means. I have a really cool paint job on a motorcycle, but I couldn't paint that. I'm no artist. I wish I had the ability to paint that picture. Maybe it's better that I can't. Because maybe I can see what God wants me to see in that. But the Lamb of God... God's own Son, Jesus Christ, the only one worthy to take the scrolls and to open them. The one who holds the keys to life and death. 
because as being God Himself, humbled Himself as man and came to this earth and subjected Himself to the frailty of mankind, subjected Himself to the temptations of mankind, subjected Himself to living in pain and, and to dying on the cross. I just think about the pain I have in my hips right now as I should have them replaced. I don't have the time. I'm playing bass and my finger's killing me because my hand's numb. And I just feel that tingling in the middle fingers as I'm plucking those strings and it's hurting. But that's not near the pain of what Jesus felt to, to to leave the fellowship of the Father in heaven and to come to this earth And to live as a human being, separated physically from His Father, the Almighty God. Walking on this earth and and facing the ridicule and the beatings and, and, and the people who should know better, telling Him, no, we don't want you. How How can God... Become fully man and walk like that. And not just desire to crush us all. In my human mind and in my human thinking, that's all I could see. is I could could just picture Jesus going, I made you. Why are you living like this? But the love of God permeated through Jesus. And Jesus lived just like you and I live. And Scriptures tell us that He lived and faced every temptation just as you and I face it. He walked just as you and I. I'm sure He stubbed His toe in the dark. I'm sure He stepped on a rock and it hurt His foot. I'll bet you He even tripped and fell a few times. He lived as a man. And he died as a man. Facing the ridicule of a nation that should have known him and welcomed him and loved him. A God that is so holy and so just and loved so deeply that He would make a way for us to be in fellowship with Him. We, we've been talking in, in men's group in Hebrews 12 about the discipline of God and, and, and how He's adopted us as sons and, and, and what, what is that discipline like. And, and sometimes, you know, we kind of wrestle with a little of that and and when you're, when you're reading in Hebrews, the different sections of Hebrews always start with the word therefore. And, and anyone who's been around and studied the Bible, they know when you see the word therefore, you have to look back in the Bible to see what it's there for. And so I started going back. And then I found another therefore, and I went back. And I found another therefore, and I went back. And I ended up clear back in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Because we got to see what it's there for. 
And really, if you really want to know what it's there for, let's go clear back to Genesis chapter 1. And it says, in the beginning, God created. So in the beginning, God created you and he created me in that he created the earth and he set this world spinning in motion. He created all the animals. He created everything that we see around us. As much as scientists may want to try to explain it away, the more they study, the more they find, the more it points back to there is a creator because there is an order. And things in nature just don't naturally go into order. When has your house ever stayed clean for more than 30 seconds? <laughs> Point, <laughs> okay. When has anything ever stayed not dust covered, you know? There is an order that God has created, and when man sinned, it, it broke that order. And that, that sin separated us from that perfect fellowship with God. And then through time, God began to speak to man. And he kept telling and pointing toward that picture of, I want fellowship back. I want, I want you to be holy as I am holy. I want you to walk with me in the cool of the evening, and I want you to talk with me. And the writer of Hebrews starts in verse 1, and he says, God who at various times and in various ways, who spoke in time past to fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. That's the lamb that we read about in Revelation. The one who was God, who came to be man, who lived as man and died for man, but rose victorious as God and sits today at the right hand of the Father, holding life and death in his hands. There's a lot of things in this world that can, can draw our attention away from the Almighty God and, and what He would have for us. And, and if you continue to read in Hebrews, it talks about how Jesus is greater than angels, for the angels serve Him. People can tend to look to angels and think, well, we need them. If you skip uh, clear over to verse or chapter 2 then in Hebrews, when we think about everything that's going on and what God has done for us and how He came to reconcile our relationship with Him, we read at the beginning of chapter 2 in Hebrews, therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. For if the world spoken through 
angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received the just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. God created the earth. He created a way for us to fellowship with Him. In the testimony of His own Son walking with man, in the testimony of those who have seen Him, in the testimony of the signs and miracles, the things that we've seen God do over the ages. And maybe if the author of Hebrews was writing today, he would say maybe in the miracles we see in our own families. in the changes that we've seen in each other's lives as we've watched God work in each of us to make us into who He would have us to be, to fulfill the calling that He has for each and every one of us in our lives. Our God has done so many great things. He's cured infertility among us. He's healed babies in the womb. We watched Him heal a broken arm. Our God has done many things. I've seen Him bring spiritual healing and health to people and mental healing and health. You see, God didn't just set this world in order and just drop us and say, have at it. Just like you wouldn't have a baby born and the uh, some new babies here today. That's really cool. We got Bo with us the first Sunday ever. That's pretty cool. You don't just say, okay, baby, you're born, have at it. In the same way, God doesn't just say that to us. He doesn't make us a new creation and just say, here, have at it. Figure it out. God says, come and talk to me. Listen to me. Let me walk with you. Let me show you my ways. Be obedient to me and things will go well for you. Parents, how many times do you want to say that to your children? (laughs) Be obedient to me and things will go well with you. Kids, let me tell you this. If you listen to your parents and do what they say, things will go well with you. I know I'm an old guy, and maybe you don't want to believe me right now, but I'm telling you, when you get to be an old guy like me, you'll look back and say, if I just would have listened to my dad, would have been a little bit better back then. Wouldn't have had the seat of my pants warmed up so many times. God loves us so much. He wants the very best things for us in our life. 
we jump over into Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 11, we read this, And every priest stands by ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away the sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time, waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. By the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Did you hear that? Jesus says, I will remember your sins no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of, have, of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold, hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much more as you see the day approaching. God has made a way for you to be welcomed into His family and to be a part of that. And He has lovingly looked upon you and as you have asked for the remission of those sins and as you receive that gift of salvation that He has offered to you, He no longer looks upon your past. That cannot hold you down. It only holds you down when you continue to think about it, when you continue to live in it. Jesus wants to set you free from your past so that you can live in His holiness and live in His righteousness. And the Scripture tells us to hang on to that. Grab a hold of that. Don't let go of that. Don't look back at your old ways and think they might be better. Look at Israel. When God set them free from slavery in Egypt, they go out and they think they're about to get smashed by the Egyptians, right? Because they're stopped by the Red Sea and mountains on both sides. Where can we go? And God says, here. Boom. Open water. Walk on across. They got free. They get on the other side. Now, mind you, it wasn't that many days. They're walking into the wilderness, and God calls Moses up onto Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, and what does the nation of Israel do? Oh, it would be so much better if we were back in Egypt as slaves. 
We'd have leeks and we'd have garlic and we'd have all kinds of awesome stuff. We'd be slaves, but we'd be back in Egypt. And so what do they do? They build a golden calf and begin to worship what Egypt worshiped. Now we all laugh at them and say, why would they do such a silly thing? But stop and examine your own life this morning. Amen. How many times has God set you free from something and you look back and said, that looked pretty good. I did enjoy some of that. Maybe I'll go back into that bondage. You know, too often we don't look at our choices in our life as being bondage. But when we're separated from God, we're bondage to sin. And Jesus says, I come to set you free from that. I came to give you a new identity. I came to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I came to adopt you into my family and to receive you. Why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go back to the old way? Why? Was drunkenness really that great? Was that high really that awesome? Was that anger really so fulfilling? You know, you always have to keep going back to that stuff to get more. But for some reason, we don't want to keep clinging to God and finding the true fulfillment of this life. The enemy of our souls continues to try to hide what is true and what is real and what is awesome. And that is God who wants to do an awesome work in your life. When you go to the next chapter in Hebrews, we know this is the faith chapter in the book of Hebrews. It talks about all kinds of different people who had great faith. And I found it interesting, just as I glanced at it quick this morning again, the first verse, the first person it talks about, verse 4, by faith... Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witnesses that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead still speaks. He's dead. He got killed for doing what was right. Has any of us ever had to face death because we did what was right? Death. I never have. Oh, if people made fun of me? Sure. Whatever threatened my life. Cain got mashed. Abel got mashed over the head with a rock by his brother. Because he did what was right. Where's our faith? God called Abel righteous. 
by faith Enoch in verse 5, he was taken away. Now that's cool. Live a righteous life, no death, you just go straight to be with God. That would be pretty cool. But Abel died because of his faith. I, I don't know what you're going to face because you have faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're going to have to do. I don't know what changes you may need to make in your life. I don't know what's going to happen. But I know this, there's a God who's going to look upon you and is going to say, you are righteous in my sight and I love you. The God in that picture that we started this morning's service out with, that holy God that, that is in all of this crazy stuff, is going to look upon you personally and say, you are righteous because of my son. And you are holy because of my son. And I hold nothing against you because you, are my, because you now are my child. And because of Jesus, I have set you free. Why do we continue to go back? I said we started, I started this thought process because men's group on Thursday night was in the next chapter, 12. And we, we talked about how God was the great dad who did everything right. And we talked about how we need to set everything of this world aside at the beginning of chapter 12 to run the race that God has called us to run. Looking to Jesus. Quit thinking about your past. Quit thinking about what might have been. Quit thinking about the good times when you were in your sin because you never think those clear through and then remember the hangovers and the destruction that you ended up facing because of your sin. But I was excited when we got down into the chapter and we find some really cool things. I'm going to start reading in verse 10 because I can't remember where all it is. Starting in verse 10 of chapter 12. For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. He's talking about our parents on this earth. But he for our prophet, no, I'm sorry, that was about Jesus. But he for our prophet, that we may be partakers of his holiness. You know you can be a partaker of Christ's holiness. I don't too often think of myself as being holy. But it says here, when we listen to the chastening of God, and we walk in that, we become partakers of His holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Think about for a minute if your kids would listen to your training 
would receive it and what a peaceable life they would receive. Now quit looking at your kids and saying, yeah, listen to the man. And look in the mirror and say, God, what are you trying to teach me today? What, what direction am I going that's wrong? What, what thing do I need to throw off in this life because it's hindering my race? And when you, when you read that passage, it's not always things that are sinful. It's just something God doesn't want you to be a part of. Yeah, some, it says throw off the sin that so easily besets us, but also throw off what hinders us. There's just some things in this life that we shouldn't be doing. Maybe you can't totally call it a sin, but is it hindering you? Is God... and, and and as I say those words, what's the first thing that popped into your head? That might be the thing that God's telling you, set that aside. Because obviously that was the first thing that popped into your head. God wants to, wants our lives to yield a peaceable fruit of righteousness. if we will receive the training that God wants to give us. And I want to encourage you with the next verses. It says, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make, paths, make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright, for you know that afterward when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected because he found no place for repentance, though he sought for it diligently with tears. There are warnings in Scripture that God wants to bless every one of us, and you are given the choice. The holy almighty God that we worshipped with the music this morning, that we pictured sitting on that throne, is calling your name and wants you to be part of his family. If you have not received that gift of salvation yet, I urge you to do that. To tell God, I know I've screwed up. To tell him that you know you're a sinner. And you know that he's right. And you want to receive this gift of fellowship with him through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. If you've done that, but you know there's things in your life that are hindering your walk with God today. Give them up. Receive the training that God wants to give you today so that your life may yield that peaceable righteousness and that you may be a partaker in His holiness. God is good. 
He's the dad that wants the very best for you. He's not trying to get anything out of you. He doesn't need you. He wants you. Will you receive him today and his correction and live in his peaceable righteousness? Let's stand as we close in prayer this morning. Father God, thank you so much for loving us. And we do just want to have that heart this morning of worship for you. For you totally are great and awesome. If we could just understand that more, oh, how crazy that would be in our life. God, I just, I just ask today that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as their Savior yet, that they would just yield to you this day. And God, I just pray that each of us would take the time today to, to examine our life and see if there is sin that is stopping us or see if there are things that are hindering us from running the race that you've called us to run. If we're not sure, may we seek someone that will help us with these things so that we may know you in a personal and intimate way and be able to walk in that peaceful righteousness that you have given to us. I thank you for all of this this day, and I praise your holy name above all else. Amen. Thank you.